Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Think Tank podcast. My name's Maria Van Vuglis from The Conscious CEO. I chat with various experts who are making an impact in the universe on topics such as business systems, personal branding, pitching, lead generation, revenue and profit, mindset, public speaking, and even team culture in the world of business. So welcome to this episode. episode I will be talking to Erin Ashley. Erin is a yoga, mindfulness and meditation coach who supports people from around the world to live their life on purpose with peace through mindfulness, yoga and meditation practices. Erin has a passion for people to live an enriched and purposeful life no matter what challenges you're facing. She believes that our biggest challenges in life give us the biggest opportunity for growth if we choose to look at them this way. In this interview, we'll be discussing how mindfulness can be the biggest game changer for CEOs. And there isn't any better episode than this, so let's get straight into it. It's lovely to finally be here and I'm very happy to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Sure. So uh, thank you for the beautiful introduction. And I guess it might be really helpful to anyone listening to discover how you get into a career as a mindfulness yoga and meditation teacher. And, you know, these practices have been in my life for more than 20 years now and have supported me through um, university and travels and different jobs. Uh, you know, my, my biggest career before this was as a marine scientist. So uh, traveling and studying in the States and uh, in Townsville in Australia. Um, but yoga practice always featured through it. And it was always my, my go home, my return to balance place um, that would get me through anything else that could happen in life. And then when I faced uh, mm. a you know, my life's biggest challenge, I guess, um, 10 years ago to this month when uh, my husband and the father of my two young daughters uh, died very suddenly, I really came to discover the healing powers of yoga and mindfulness and meditation. And, uh, you know, facing off with life in those early days, uh, which was all of a sudden looking very different to how I thought that it should play out, uh, I found a lot of trust in life again, a lot of patience with, you know, the heavy emotions that I was feeling. Um, I found that by moving my body and my breath regularly again helped to all of a sudden move my trains of thought. And uh, it was a few years after that event in my life that I decided to become a yoga teacher because I just felt like I had been through an experience and found something that could help not only me, but then others through challenges that they're facing. Beautiful. And um, uh, with the challenge, you know, the obstacle that you had with your, with your husband and so forth, how did you, I know you immersed yourself into yoga, but what other things and what exactly did you do to overcome those challenges that, you know, that you were faced in other areas of your life because of that as well? Yeah, sure. It was really about you know, thinking through what I was doing in my life. And it started on a day-to-day -day basis. So, you know, when an event like that happens and someone that you love very deep, my own bare eyes that life is very limited and how it can happen at the drop of, well, 
the way that he died. He literally fell to the ground when we were walking and talking one minute and uh, that was it. He literally dropped dead. And uh, following mm-hmm. autopsy and years of genetic testing, there was never a reason determined for his death. There was never a medical cause um, given to his death. So to come to know that this is a possibility, in fact, that we all die one day and that this lifetime is limited and sometimes it can be just lights out like that for no apparent reason, it's a great face-off with what am I really doing in life? And so looking at the day-to-day actions Mm -hmm. that we're all taking, what is it that's taking focus away from what I really want to be doing? What is distracting me? That's a really good place to start. Um, evaluating whether you are living life on purpose or not. And it can be as simple as the amount of time that you give to emails first thing in the day or um, the people that you're spending time with who uh, you don't really feel connected or aligned with, but maybe your, um, you know, compassion or kindness sometimes keeps you in those situations, which ends up not being very kind to either party at all in Mm -hmm. fact. So it really helped me to evaluate what I was doing in life and to get really clear on what is it that I really want to be doing. And, hey, life's limited. Let's um, focus on that. Beautiful. And um, you mentioned um, yoga and breath work. Um, How did you use that to really get in tune with, like, what was going on and move through that um, as quickly as possible? Yeah, so, you know, the principles of yoga they start with um the yamas and niyamas they're called and they really investigate how we uh treat ourselves and then how we treat others and then we start to move the body like with that Mm -hmm. understanding but sometimes and this is what they call eight limbs of yoga once we start to move the body then we can start to come to understand the breath and we start marrying them all together to understand how we're in relationship with the world But to understand how we're presenting ourselves in any given moment and, you know, why things might feel constricted or why things might feel great in any given moment, moving the body and the breath are really two key steps because uh, they start to shift energy. And really the breath Mm. is the gateway to the energy body. Like energy can't be destroyed from everything or created from nothing, it can only be transformed. And so when we practice pranayama and uh, breath work, then this is a way of starting to play around with our energy. And we can do certain breathing exercises that can help enhance our energy and vitality just through um, either containing or constraining the breath. Uh, For example, Mm -hmm. taking three full deep breaths in and out, this doesn't have to be anything fancy. That could be just enough to bring you back into the moment and to see clearly again what's before us rather than being fused with the story of the past and looking at life through that filter in this moment. So, for example, you know, the memory loves to imprint on the mind over and over again. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, after a strong life event like I experienced with my husband, and this is what a lot of people who experience post-traumatic stress Uh, experience is that it's like a broken record in the mind the flashbacks to the event of the day again and again imprint on the mind but the truth is is that whether it's a minute later a week later a year later 10 years later if I get caught up in that 
memory imprint as it's happening in the form of a thought and sink into it and drift off with it, my body and my breath are going to behave as if I'm really back there at that life event again. And, in fact, I'm not Mm, here in this moment talking to you, for example. I'm going to be still talking to you but looking through my experiences of the past and in life as best as we can we can use past events uh, for wisdom and intelligence moving forward memories aren't a bad thing to have at all they can be very helpful yet I want to give you my full attention this is mindfulness I want to give you um, a clean slate and you know even Maria uh, you and I have just met recently Um, But say we had um, instances before now where, I don't know, for whatever reason, things didn't go so well and then I came here to meet with you again, I'd be wanting to put on a beginner's mind about our time together now because, sure, I can come to weigh things up by what's happened in the past, but I need to understand that you are just as much uh, able to change as I am in life. And so even people who have done wrong or even people who have done right in the past all have the potential to change, just like nature. And so when we start moving our body and our breath in yoga, you know, these are some of the great metaphors and life lessons that we can give ourselves insight to. You know, we can be instructed by a yoga teacher or whether it's martial arts that you do on how to move the body, this and that, but really... It's just opening up a portal to your own wisdom and your insights to shine through. And this is why yoga is, I mean, the topic, the title of your uh, company, The Conscious CEO, Maria, is so fantastic because to be a great Mm. leader, uh, it takes consciousness. And to be able to learn from past lessons but not use them in such a way that they, uh, you know, dirty up the lens of your present moment reality. You need to be able to see opportunities and to be able to grasp on new ideas and, you know, the creative mind, which is what every CEO needs, is uh, Mm -hmm. a creative mind for new ideas, new inspirations, new strategies, new ways to shape teams, et cetera. And space in the mind is created for those new inspirations to drop in. Yeah, that, thank you. That was beautifully explained. I, um, yeah, so, you know, I remember how you said um, about, you know, past experiences, they can be forms of wisdom where a lot of people get so caught up and locked into that past and forget how to drop into the present. So there's many people out there that, uh, you know, have that mindset and especially, you know, people in business it, you know, locks out that creative aspect for a lot of individuals for them to be able to, you know, flourish and grow within their own business. So, yeah, that was that was beautiful. So could you tell me, um, because I know that there are some listeners out there that may not really do yoga, but I do know that um, you do meditation as well. Now, is another form of, you know, doing breath work with meditation um, and how can you use movement in that as well? Yeah, because all yoga really is is uh, the ability to take skillful action. Hey, isn't this what every CEO wants to know? And the whole reason why in yoga we move our body in those poses and shapes that were developed by the ancient, you know, uh, yogis in India thousands and thousands of years ago, pre-Buddha, mm. pre-Christ. 
was to still the fluctuations of the mind and yoga literally translates to yoke. So it's really about harnessing in those distractions, harnessing in your attention so that you are able to focus on one thing at a time. And this is mindfulness, being able to pay attention to an object of focus in a particular way on purpose and in, with non-judgment and with that clear mm. seeing, you know, free of the lens of the past. And so it doesn't have to be about going to a yoga class in a yoga studio or doing a yoga video. So we can be yogis off the mat in our everyday life. And we only ever find that hour on the mat a day or however long it is so that when we do go off the mat, we can be yogis. It's like we just go and have a little bit of a clean up on the mat and then out we go into the real world to, to really, that's where the yoga mm-hmm. begins from people who are looking thinking about starting a practice of meditation is I just don't have the time or my mind is too busy. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) although we do know that when you do practice meditation, it creates time, right? But it's hard to make a start. I get it. It's hard for a lot of people to make a start. So walking meditation is my answer here because you can still be doing something while fitting it in. And hey, doesn't everyone love to be able to multitask these days? So uh, the, the thing here is, is that multitasking is, is done and dusted. Like you can, you can be doing five things at once, but just skimming over the surface of actually doing five things really well. It's when you give the first thing your solid attention and then move on to the next that you're actually going to save time. So, for example, when you wake up in the morning... And the brain has a habit of going down the same habitual route that it went down yesterday and the week before and the months before. And depending on what happened on those days, you know, it's the mind gets set in stone. So you hear that saying people getting set in their ways. It's literally their neuro pathways fusing and trains of thought playing out in a particular way. And so what we want to do if we're after a purposeful and joyous and expansive experience of life while it's here is that we really want to be opening up joyous and happy and expansive and purposeful neuro pathways. And so what this is going to take is as soon as you wake up that you will have to remember to do that. And the literal translation of mindfulness is to remember. So the first thing that you can notice as soon as you wake up is not your phone. I mean, your alarm might have gone off. That's okay. You just put the phone back down or whatever your alarm is. And then you start noticing your body straight away. Like start at the tips of the toes and just do a little body scan. It can just take like 10 seconds. You can spend 10 minutes there if you like. The occupational hazard of it might be that you fall back asleep. So quick body scan. <laughs> moving from your toes all the way up to your head and notice three breaths, for example, the same attention that you've just been giving to your body and your breath to every step that you take to the bathroom, to your cup, to the kettle, you're having your shower. And here you've undertaken, you know, 10, 15 minutes of a moving meditation from the get go. And without even having set you know, a desired intention or anything or planning out your day or thinking about how your day wants to go, you've gotten yourself connected into the present moment, which is the only moment that we ever really have in life anyway. It's it's right now on this breath in and this breath out. And what that does is that anyway, 
as a byproduct opens up the expansive pathways of the brain just by connecting into the present moment. Like first you've created a calm state of being, now you're creating a connected state of being. And then from there, after you've you know done your little body scan, gotten in tune with your breath and however long you want to take with that, then you can create your future, your day ahead through setting an intention, which is really just surmising one or two words. So say, for example, if I noticed that I felt real, some days we just wake up feeling heavy or um, scatter-minded or uh, thinking about something that happened the day before. And if that's what you've gotten present mm-hmm. to as you've noticed your body and your breath, then your intention might be... Uh, presence or calm or spaciousness or um, clear seeing, you know, whatever it is that your heart comes up with, that's really your seed of wisdom speaking to you saying, this is the experience that I need today. And so then it's like a mantra throughout your day. The more often that you remember that word that you've intended to have and T-I-O-N being the experience of intent. So giving yourself that, experience of what it is that you intend the more that you remember your intention during the day the more you remember to come back to that state of operating and so you'll start having more of calm joy happiness just because you've remembered to when people get fiery at you or you Mm -hmm. you know have an unfortunate accident or anything that plays out in your day from there on in because you've said that this is the experience you want to have it's like almost like you get tested a little more sometimes and uh you think oh no i yes i remembered to have a calm day today how would calm respond now um so could you tell me um like we hear meditation and it's a it's a word it's it's there's an umbrella like there's so many different things underneath what meditation is. Are there different types of meditation or could you simply just do the, the breath that you just explained and the body scan and that will, um, that's a great start in terms of easing into it? It is a great start giving yourself an object of focus to pay attention to and the breath is something that's always with you. Like as long as you're alive, you're breathing, right? So You could be anywhere in flight, at a hotel, um, in your car, at home, and you you don't need anything else with you. You have your breath with you to focus your attention Mm -hmm. on. So that's a great place to start. And that's called uh, concentration meditation. That's one way to practice meditation. And the other way is insight meditation, which is really when we... uh, Pay attention first anyway through giving our mind a focus, um, an object to focus on. But then we allow the mind to just open up and we just watch everything that happens, um, understanding that, you know, it, like everything else in life, is in a constant state of change. So that's when we can watch thoughts and watch emotions and um, it's called insight meditation. Uh, If you're a beginner, then it's great to just start out practicing um, that concentration meditation so you can use the breath. Maybe you'd like to light a candle and focus your eye gaze on the candle, but it's all about three steps, bringing an object into your focus of attention, two, watching it unfold, and three, remaining neutral or curious about whatever it is. Like with the breath, you can 
bring it into your awareness just by noticing the intricacies of the in-breath as it passes through your nostrils, for example, or the way that it's received in the belly as the belly expands when you breathe in. Mm -hmm. And you just watch the nature of it like that. You watch the sensations and they change, but the whole time you're not saying, oh, this is good or this is bad or that feels right, that's wrong. Um, oh, it's not good today. It was better yesterday. We just want to remain really neutral about any of those opinions and just watch whatever is happening. And uh, so the breath is really wonderful for this. Sometimes heading into insight meditation straight away can be very confronting as to what unfolds in the yeah. mental domain. Um, and it can overwhelm mm. a lot of people, particularly if you're already experiencing anxiety or depression or in a heavy um, stage of grief or there's been a lot going on in life it it's actually the best way to go face off with all of that stuff but it can be very challenging and so instead to give yourself a little gentle and kind pathway in to that mental domain is using that concentration meditation and in particular the focus on the breath mm -hmm. awesome okay um, so can you give us some tips in terms of how someone can live uh, an enriched life with purpose? So it really goes back to, you know, knowing where you are, what you're doing in life, what's distracting you and what it is you really want to focus on. So if you think about those words, enriched, purposeful, it really means giving yourself an, an experience of, of uh, expansiveness and focus while you're here in life. So, you know, enriched mm -hmm. is that we want to have this rich relationship with life that is fulfilling and satisfying and gives us great contentment. So really, what is that? It's happiness at the end of the day. And to be happy is to be able to see things pleasant and unpleasant they all happen. Everything's always in a state of change. Things can be very, very pleasant at one mm. point in life. For example, me married with my husband, two young children, four months old and four years old, growing a family together, living by the beach. And then things can become very unpleasant in an instant. But yeah. when we can learn yeah. to watch over both the pleasant and the unpleasant times, and this is really the spirit of us speaking here, the soul of us, that. Uh, you know, watches over our human nature with great curiosity. And even when things get unpleasant and you're, in, you're in, in, in a certain emotional state and the thoughts feel heavy, there's even a part of us that can watch over that side of us as well with objectiveness. So say, for example, before we were paying attention to the breath with those three steps where we noticed the breath, watched it unfold and remain neutral about it, you're having a day where you're feeling uh, highly anxious, for example. So you might mentally start to know, well, what does anxiousness actually feel like for me? So you start to notice mm -hmm. it, notice the anxiousness in your body and in your breath, uh, and then notice the uh, anxiousness and how it plays out in your breath. Like, is it short or choppy or is it... Um, you know, long and deep. Normally it's short and choppy if you're feeling anxious. I'm just going to connect my uh, my charger here. There we go. 
that's called being plugged in. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, then this really helps us to manage the, the challenging times and the free-flowing times with the same, uh, you know, solid and resilient approach. And this is when we can really feel enriched mm -hmm. in life that, no matter what happens, I understand life's limited and that this is all part of it, these, these moments. Even the unpleasant ones can be rich moments that can teach us a lot. And so then Definitely. when you get clear on those intentions, those life intentions, for example, a big life intention for me is to have a, a peaceful experience and I love to see other people having a peaceful experience as well. And so I choose to spend time amongst pe other people who are peaceful. I set the intention for peace every morning and I look for opportunities for peace. Even when I'm confronted with non-peaceful moments, I'll be looking within the non-peaceful moments to find the peace. But it all starts with mm -hmm. you. So in order for things to change, I must change first. And so this comes back to, you know, the practice yeah. of yoga, whether mm -hmm. it's on or off the mat, where in your body um, do you feel peaceful across the heart space or how would peace respond on the face, for example? You know, you might release little creases in the corners of your eyes or stop gripping on in the jaw. And once you feel peace in your body, then you can look for peace on the breath. So you breathe in and See if there's any little pockets of peace that get carried in on the breath and then where does peace reside on the exhale as well? And what we're doing here is we're embodying mm. our intention and so we're becoming our intention in this moment. We're creating this new energy for ourselves which then has a ripple effect on everything else around us. And so when you emanate this essence of your intention, in, in my instance, peace, I start to see more experiences. People start to see the light in you as well. And those that want to be in that orbit start getting attracted to your light. And from a business perspective, uh, I mean, this is a, a great life lesson, right? I'm just how to operate in life. But if you're looking for a successful, heart-led, purposeful business, then you have to query, what is the purpose of my business anyway? Like, what is that? service that I'm wanting to offer here what is that experience that I want to give people how do I want them to feel and then you have to become mm -hmm. and embody that intention first to then attract the right people into your orbit to attract your customers essentially uh, that you I think there's a little delay apologies yeah that uh, you start out your day that way every day before your business day, that it's not about having to do a yoga practice at all. In fact, in just a few minutes, as long as you're embodying your intention and then you start your business day that way, that you're going to feel more enriched on purpose, on track and in alignment and feeling more congruent with what you're doing in business and it's on track with your personal life too. Uh, we, that leads me to my next question, and I know you've mentioned um, a, uh, a few things around mindfulness, but could you um, just explain to us just some basic tools that someone could use um, in being able to practice mindfulness on a daily basis, apart from, say, doing the breath work in the morning? Like, what are other ways that 
you know, it can be brought to uh, someone, increases someone's awareness by doing these practices. Sure. So, I mean, the best way to practice it is at any given moment and through being there with whatever it is you're there with. And so what I mean by this is, you know, the three steps is how I like to explain it best by noticing whatever, say we're talking, I'm noticing you, watching things change, watching it unfold and remaining neutral. But I'm giving you my Mm -hmm. presence in that instance. And so another way to say that uh, as opposed to the three-step process is uh, just to be here just to be here. So even if it's you're driving in traffic, just to have your hands on the steering wheel and to notice that your hands are on the steering wheel or that you're Mm. pouring the water from the kettle and you're noticing that the water is pouring from the kettle. See, when we do habitual things day in and day out, uh, our body's great at creating habits and it's very, very handy because we don't want to have to learn to tie our shoelaces over and over again every day. We don't want to have to relearn to drive cars each time we start the ignition. Like that would be using so much energy. So humans have created mm. a great system of uh, creating habits. Uh, and But what can happen is once you automate these habits, And if you do the same things day in, day out, is that the mind has other places to wander off to then because you've bought yourself space. You've learnt the habit. You can do that, um, you know, very methodically and the mind can be totally somewhere else, projecting about the day ahead, thinking of the event that happened 10 years ago, uh, contemplating that situation that you had with your partner, thinking about how bad that person stacked the dishwasher. You know, the mind has all these places to go. And so Mm. mindfulness really asks us to kind of cut out all the drama, cut out all the forward projections and, uh, you know, stop uh, fusing with past memories and to be here right now. It's the best way that I can say it. So uh, getting in touch with your senses is another really awesome way to to practice mindfulness. With it doesn't mean you have to stop what you're doing, but say for example you're um, on your keyboard, on your laptop or your computer, and you notice that a gentle breeze floats through the window. So you know you notice that the breeze has been experienced on your skin, and you're there, and you're you're noticing Mm. things in your environment, or to you know, pick up on aromas, uh, the smell of the coffee that's being made or, you know, you're down the beach, the smell of the ocean or the trees of the forest, but not so that they hijack you like a past memory can or a future projection, just so that you can sweep it in as part of your present moment experience. So the senses are a really great way to practice mindfulness too. Oh, fantastic. And I think uh, for myself, uh, getting out in nature, um, has been a big part of that to, you know, increase my senses. And I'm sure there are many other people that would benefit from that as well. Yeah, getting out in nature, that's really where all the, out the, out the laws of our way of operating come from. You know, the law of impermanence uh, comes mm-hmm. from nature. We just watch how things never stay the same out there. And it's exactly how we are because we're part mm-hmm. of nature too. And, you know, this mindfulness practice, spending time not thinking ahead, spending time not worrying about the past, what it does is it it 
provides more space in the mind for creativity and for inspiration to drop in. And, you know, these are like the treasures that start to become uncovered. That's when you go, that is a brilliant idea. That's going to solve all of my current problems that I'm experiencing in my business or that's the book title I've been looking for or that's the name of my podcast show. Like that's where all those beautiful treasured ideas start to drop in. And Elizabeth Gilbert, author of um, um, Eat, Pray, Love, she's written a beautiful book called Big Magic and uh, in it she writes about how the universe buries treasures deep within us and then stands back and watches as we do our best to uncover them. And That's I like right. that yeah. way of looking at how our life unfolds is that it kind of starts out where mm. we're very in touch with the treasures and we're very childlike and joyous and happy and then, you know, things get in the way and then we spend a lot of our adulthood trying to uncover the buried jewels again. Um, do you know what exactly meditation does to the brain and um, how it can actually help people with uh, reducing stress? specifically business owners? Yeah, so what meditation does is, in its simplest form, is it helps to create space. So in terms of, think of uh, stress as a constricted state of being, right? We're feeling constricted in the body. You know, everyone will have their own little patterns of how that plays out, hunched shoulders, clenched jaw, mm -hmm. um, clinging onto the teeth, Borrowing of the brow. You can just see stress in some people's physiology or in their face. It's very constricted physiology. And usually mm. the breath then gets very constricted and it's just a reflection of the constricted thoughts of mind. That's all it is. And so when we meditate mm. and we say to the mind, yoke, come in, rein in, harness all of those, you know, thought, constrictive thoughts and let's just give you one thing to focus on here and focus on it with, with kindness and with love and without judgment, then it starts to just release the edges of that constrictive nature and that constrictive energy. And that's when we can transform stress into peace. That's when we can start to turn constriction to expansion again. And so what actually is happening in the brain is instead of it being like this lit up circuitry board of neuropathways, you know, flashing across if you can imagine flashing across in the brain where you know a thought goes this way and that way and that way and they call this the monkey mind in yoga i can just feel like your brain is so busy with thoughts your mind is full of thoughts uh this is like a default way that we all kind of operate as homo sapiens that's the default mode mm -hmm. but we're more evolved beings than that you know our prefrontal cortex our, gives us a high seat of consciousness we're connected to something greater than just being here to survive and so when we want to step into being more conscious a conscious ceo that's where meditation can be fantastic because it reigns in all of those distractions and it's like it just mm -hmm. lights up one neuro pathway you know, at a time and it create, you can just visualize the difference between that, between this lit up flashing circuitry board of the brain to just, you know, a slower paced, very precise um, light up of one pathway connecting to the other. And so meditation, it's real. It's, let me tell you what it's not first, because that can really help. It's not religious. 
It's uh, not mm. just for people who have a calm state of being anyway. It's not just for yogis. It's not just for hippies. It's a technique, like it's a science that you can learn and it's a skill and then you can apply it. And so this training of paying attention to the body and the breath is, you know, a really great place to start with meditation. And so that's where it can help um, leaders and help anyone, in fact, who wants to have a calmer and more creative experience of life and a more definitely a more successful experience of life. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And, um, and I love how you uh, kind of debunked what meditation is because, you know, a lot of people have these misconceptions of what it is and it um, creates resistance from, for them to actually, you know, go out and um, experience the, the profound effects of what it can actually do. Yeah, it, it really, I think a big part of it too is understanding that it's non-religious, you know. I mean, I teach yoga and meditation up at a Buddhist Institute. Um, that's what I've been doing this year. It's the largest Tibetan Buddhism centre outside of uh, Tibet, in fact. It's where the Dalai Lama visits mm -hmm. when he comes to Australia. And yeah. uh, the, the reason why I've, I've chosen to you know, go and teach yoga and very honoured to have been offered to go and teach yoga and meditation there. I'm not an ordained Buddhist or anything um, like that, but it's because my intention in life is for a peaceful experience and a very kind experience. And I love being kind and I love seeing kindness in others. And the intent of this community is compassion. And it's called Chenrezig, which mm -hmm. is uh, the name of the, the Buddha of compassion. And so I really love spending time with these people because it's totally in line with my intention in life as well. So it's non-religious. Um, um, I see Christians coming to my class, um, Buddhists coming to my class, um, atheists coming to my class, uh, people from all walks of life. Um, so how does one build a stronger connection um, with oneself to increase self-awareness? It really starts with becoming aware of your thoughts and feelings and the pathway yes. is through the body and the breath so once you you know become aware of how you're feeling in your body for example am i and you could just to keep it contained because we can go off on long dramatic stories when we open up these questions to ourselves well my yeah. ankle's feeling swollen because i had this thing happen to it the other day and you know we can go off on these tangents but we want to be really yeah. sutrified in yoga the sutras are like the verses that were written um about the the pathway of being in yoga and they're very simplified and summarized and so uh what am I getting present to in my body? Oh, it feels a little constricted. Mm. Okay, in my breath, what am I getting present to there? Oh, I'm noticing my breath, that's a good start. Okay, now, what am I experiencing in my thoughts? Oh, I've got a lot of busy thoughts going through my head, it feels very heavy. What about in the feelings? I'm feeling a little constricted and in fact, in my emotions, I can feel this heaviness in my heart and I, it might feel like sadness. That is great self-awareness right there. And when we mm -hmm. can become aware of how we're thinking and feeling, 
the next step of then going and facing the world and everything that we have to do in our day, we're so well armed with how we're presenting ourselves to the world from an objective space. So then we can manage how we think and feel. And that's really mm -hmm. the key to happiness in life is managing how you think and feel. But the first step, the precursor to that is being aware of it and having self-awareness. And knowing the difference between thinking you have self-awareness that comes from a place of ego, which, we're, which we create separation from ourselves and others in life, mm -hmm. or when it really comes from that intention just to understand myself better. That's why I'm heading in and doing this self-awareness so that it can be of benefit to me and others in the world around me. Mm. Now, that's a great pathway to happiness. That's a really kind way of operating. And so, uh, you know, self-awareness starts just with those four areas. What am I getting present to in my body, in my breath, in my thoughts and in my feelings? Yeah, and I think it's something that, um, you know, uh, like, you know, exercising a muscle, you've got, to, you've got to do it regularly to become more aware within yourself. Do you agree? Absolutely, Maria. You've got it spot on. Consistency is key because just like we created the habit of tying the shoelaces or driving the car, we also want this to be our habit so that we can operate in a consistent way in life. You know, we're not just a flash in the pan one week. Wow, you know, Maria, she's uh, really um, out there this week and seems really confident and, and in flow and then you kind of don't hear from Maria for three weeks and she's kind of having a tough time managing their thoughts and emotions. We want to create this consistency in life so we can, it's a limited ride. So why not um, enact habits that are going to help us enjoy the moments that we do have and um, that we're fortunate enough to have while we're here. So for example, on we, Kurek and I run uh, Find Your Fire retreats together and a big part of that, because the intent of the retreat is to help people to rediscover their passion and their fire again for what it really is that they want to be doing in life and who they want to be and who they want to surround themselves with and what that mm -hmm. new business idea is and any area of, of life, getting over disease. Uh, and so a really big part of the retreat is uh, getting to know yourself again and uh, you know, there's a few people who are already in, already in your community. I know Maria Brendan's on here, um, had commented before. Hey, Brendan, yeah. he's been yeah. on the retreat a couple of times. And, uh, you know, we do certain activities that help people's habitual tendencies to shine to the surface so they can come to know, uh, they can become aware of how they're currently presenting in their body and their breath and their thoughts and the feelings and it can be quite confronting so to go into this process of self-awareness with an essence of kindness and gentleness is the key that what you see Beautiful. come out the other side for those people in a really short space of time once they've become aware of it so like that's when you get those light bulb moments those insightful moments the tingles the Oh, wow. And you can't go backwards on awareness. Once you become aware of it, like you have to take action on it. If you don't, then you're just dissolving in life. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure there'll be many people out there that would definitely um, 
resonate with what you are offering and what you do. So before we wrap this up, I just want to ask one question is if you are lying in bed and you're about to take your last breath and you're surrounded by all your family and friends and loved ones, what would be the one piece of wisdom would you share with them? Be here for it. Just be here for it. You know, wherever you are in life, doesn't matter what's happened before now, be here now for this moment because the more that you start buying yourselves those moments, you you start buying your time in life back again. Yeah. Be here now. Thank you so much. Um, where can um, everyone... Yeah, through the website and something else that's for free on my website as well is the five-day meditation challenge. So if you have been intrigued somewhat by our discussions of meditation today, then feel free just to sign up for that. It's totally free. I'll be on the emails with you for five days through that. Uh, and you get free uh, meditation audios guiding you through that that. Um, focusing your, your attention in the meditations and then also yes on Facebook so um, you know like my Facebook page connect with me there um, connect with me on messenger I'm very good at getting back to you um, any you know um, thing that you'd like to work on personally message me and, and I'd love to support you um, is there any um, last words you'd love to share before we wrap it up Oh, just a great appreciation for the time that you've made today, Maria, to be here and anybody who's tuning into this. Uh, thank you for taking the time. If you've lasted this long, then I know you'll have gotten something out of it and that there's been something in this for you. So, uh, you know, thanks for sharing the time together. Thank you so much for tuning in and I trust that this episode has been helpful for you in business. My name's Maria Van Vuglis from The Conscious CEO. Until next time, 